For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mike Angolano, and joining me, as always, is Jasper Apollonia. Jasper, we're down our co-host today. Yeah, poor, poor Aaron Johnson. He is not with us. Uh, we're very sad to hear that he's sick again. He's been kind of ill as of late. And in here is his uh, eloquent words. He sounds like crap. So we are going to save him and more importantly, save our listeners the, the pain of having him on the podcast this week. But we hope he feels better soon and we hope to have him back soon as well. Yes, they are still stuck with the pain of listening to us, however. So the pain is not uh, totally gone. It's just sort of reduced. And I did hear that Aaron was watching a lot of Lakers basketball, so that might have something to do with uh, the illness that he cannot seem to shake. Um, I have been watching a little bit more Lakers basketball, really West Coast teams here on the East Coast. It's Kind of nice to sneak in like uh, from like 10.30 to 11.30 or 10 to 11, a little bit of basketball on the West Coast. And that's been mostly Lakers. Um, last night it was Lakers Clippers. And boy, um, I could see how anybody could feel ill watching the Lakers attempt to run an offensive set or not attempt to run one for several minutes throughout the game. Um, but all, all jokes aside, uh, we hope to have Aaron back as soon as possible. It's certainly miss his insight on the podcast but uh, yeah jasper and i will hold it down mike it's not much better out here on the east coast because remember at the beginning of the season when we were looking through the schedule and we were saying who should have more primetime games who should have less primetime games yep and i brought up the new york knicks having 28 nationally televised games yeah I was right to be skeptical of that. They have been terrorizing ESPN. I feel like it's every game on ESPN or TNT. It's the Lakers or the Knicks. And both of those teams are borderline, not borderline. They just are unwatchable this year. They, they, are, stink. they are unwatchable right now. And we got uh, Sixers, Knicks back-to-back ESPN games, which is even worse because the Sixers, an actual good team with good players uh, that are really showing out now that, James Harden is playing and on the team. Um, that was pretty brutal to watch. RJ Barrett is pretty fun though. I must say, I, I do like watching RJ Barrett. He's definitely the guy to build around and it's definitely not 
Julius Randle. Uh, but yeah, then the Lakers have an ESPN or TNT game every week, and we just get to watch them run. No offense. We get to watch Russ sometimes have a nice athletic dunk and then uh, shoot a clunker of a mid-range jumper, and um, all of a sudden they're down by 40 points. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good point. The Knicks and the Lakers uh, having all those games is probably not what ESPN was uh, hoping for in any way or TNT hoping for. Um, instead, they should probably just replace those games with uh, – you know, Boston or Chicago or, oh, I don't know, the Memphis Grizzlies were actually fun and a lot more complete. I yeah, remember ab- that conversation ab- early on about the games too, like uh, the only one being against Houston for the Pistons, that is. Yeah, that was – and you know what? It's unfortunate because uh, last night would have been a great game to have nationally televised. That was a absolute thriller. Uh, the Pistons went up against the Toronto Raptors – uh, Kate just does not lose to other rookies and you have to really love that. It seems like he absolutely relishes the opportunity to go up against guys like Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley, especially Scotty Barnes. You can tell that because they were on the same team and Cade was absolutely the alpha on that team. He really enjoys going after Scotty Barnes and going after the Toronto Raptors, which is perfect for Dwayne Casey because once again, once again, Dwayne Casey owns the Toronto Raptors. Does he not, Mike? No, 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 he definitely does. And then he actually, uh, he was asked that question pregame yesterday. And he said he just likes to get wins. But I think he's nine and three against the Raptors now in his coaching career. He is, I'm I'm loving it. My bank account is loving it. I put a five-leg parlay on the Pistons last night. And they paid off uh, very, very kindly. You have to appreciate it. He's approaching LeBron levels of owning that franchise. LeBronto. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because the Raptors themselves actually acknowledge it. I saw an interview with Chris Boucher where he straight up said it. He said the Pistons are just – they have our number. We don't know what it is. They own us. I think it definitely has something to do with with Cade Cunningham. And uh, also, of course, Dwayne Casey – it's the one one team where you can always say he has a coaching advantage against them. But one of the yeah. things that drove me absolutely crazy last night watching that game was Cade Cunningham, despite being fantastic, uh, having a really wonderful night. Uh, it, it's something that we're kind of getting just used to seeing with him, right? Like it, but he didn't shoot a single free throw. He had what twenty two points, twelve rebounds, five yeah, assists. I'm gonna pull it up in a minute. Does here. not shoot a single free throw last night. And it's getting to the point where you have to wonder if there's a single player in this league with a worse whistle than Cade Cunningham. Uh, Here's just some facts. Cade is among players with a better than 26% usage rating. He is one of four players who shoots less than 2.3 free throws per game. It's him, Reggie Jackson, CJ McCollum, and Jordan Clarkson. And the difference between Kate Cunningham and those other three guys is that they are primarily jump shooters. Cade's game is not that. He's trying to get to the rim. And the numbers show that. He shoots more layups than any one of those players. He also shoots less free throws than any one of those players as well. So it's at the point where you have to wonder, like, what does he have to do to get a call with referees? Because last night there were multiple plays where Cade got hit, 
um, got smacked on his way to the basket. And there's absolutely nothing going on there. It's Mike. I mean, am I crazy? Is it just me or does Kate Cunningham get a worse whistle than just about any other player in the NBA? Um, you know, I think it's the effect of him being a, you know, a rookie and not getting these more veteran like calls, but you're right to have no, to have no free throw, like zero, a complete goose egg. I mean, even Sadiq Bay had six attempts and he, is notorious for not getting to the free throw line. To have zero is pretty outrageous. Um, it doesn't line up. The aggressiveness is there. The usage rate is there. Like like you said, he just does not does not get calls. And I think it's just a product of being a rookie. Um, they will come. He will start to get those superstar calls to some regard. Um, but it's pretty blatantly clear that he's getting hacked and there's just nothing from the referees on that, on that front. I mean, yesterday, very, very clear. I mean, throughout the season so far, I mean, we've kind of noticed here and there, he doesn't get those calls when he's driving to the, to the rim and when he's in the paint and, and he does have, you know, a big enough body and, and speed to, you know, where opposing defenders have no choice, but to, you know, hack him and he doesn't get those calls yesterday. Very, very, very blatant. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it's like it's every game at this point. And like I said, it's not like he is a player that's just shooting jumpers. Of course he shoots a lot of threes, but he gets to the rim. And it's also, I see this argument that, Oh, because Cade lacks verticality uh, because his game is more ground-based that he doesn't get calls. I don't think that that makes a lot of sense. There's plenty of players that don't have a ton of verticality, like Julius Randle, who get to the line a ton. So for me, that doesn't really make sense. I think that, frankly, he just doesn't get any sort of respect from referees at this point at any uh, facet of the game, because on the defensive end as well, you see him getting called every single game for multiple just silly foul calls. Uh, that they would usually let go against a lot of other players. So it feels like not only does he not get the respect he deserves on the offensive end, he's also going into games with one or two ticky-tack foul calls that are instantly against him from referees. You have to wonder, is this something that's going to change? Because his overall production is fantastic, but the guy only gets to the line two times per game. Yeah, and, you know, he's got a fellow point guard who also does not get to the line as much as we'd like uh, either. Um, I still think it's a, it's a product of the roster around him, not being particularly good. I think it's, it's, it's a, it's, you know, a rookie factor still. Um, I don't want to get too, too off, off track on, on the Kate Cunningham foul thing, but I just, my brain just sort of flipped on and was reminded of something that you just said you had bet on the Pistons against the Raptors. I mean, I know it's one of the more sure bets because of how dominant the Pistons somehow are, but you bet on uh, the Pistons. Oh, absolutely. I I have to bet on the Pistons, especially against, against the Toronto Raptors. I'm going to bet again tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Against the, against the Pacers. Let's just say I'm, I'm less confident in their ability to beat the Pacers tonight. Uh, It's their, Fifth game in seven days. 
Yeah, that's that's another thing. We'll we'll have to talk about some of these schedule makers as well. The Pistons getting getting beat down with games lately, but I'll tell you what, betting on the Pistons um, kind of challenging. I uh, you you have more uh, to use a, a phrase from Tim McMahon having a cojones factor uh, <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to uh, go ahead and do that. And speaking of betting. Football might be over, and it has been for a while. You wouldn't know it because of all the freaking NFL Combine things that I am seeing on my timeline, but football is actually over. Basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops, and what better time to talk about betting than with today's sponsor, Bet Online? You know, this is my favorite time of the year for sports. The Masters is coming up, college basketball. Um, I, I actually think the conference tournaments start tomorrow. And then before you know it, it'll be Selection Sunday. And obviously, Pro Ball, the Eastern Conference playoffs are looking like they're going to be just a complete bloodbath. Lots of opportunities to make bets, especially with college basketball. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code BLEAVE. That's B L. EAV to go ahead and get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to Olympic coverage. It's the best in the business. From sports, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. And again, head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, we can hop back into our discussion about Cade Cunningham. Um, again, Cade had 22 points, 12 boards, five assists against the Raptors uh, in that thrilling win. He did have some help. Jeremy Grant was pretty good. He had 26-3-4 on 8-14 of 14 shooting. Uh, he got to the line nine times. Uh, in that, and Sadiq Bay had 23 points, six boards, three assists. He got to the line six times uh, as well. So, a good win against the Raptors. But yes, the the issue with with Cade not getting any of those calls. Do you think it's partially the fact that he's a rookie and he's already pretty good and has has that feel? That feel has been demonstrated for for a while. Do you think it's just a kind of a rookie factor as well? Because that's that's what I'm chalking it up to. Um, there was a very good, I'll define this. There was a very good um, uh, post I saw on Twitter of guys, of teams that got the most uh, calls in their favor, AKA good refs versus bad refs. I'll, I'll define that. Go ahead and vamp while I try to. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no problem. Look, I, Mike, I think it's almost as simple as the Pistons are bad. Kate Cunningham is a rookie and also, NBA refs this year have not been good for the most part. They just have struggled, and they struggle especially when the Pistons are involved. It's not a new, it's not a new phenomenon. Um, I do actually, though, want to get back into that game against Toronto last night because you mentioned Jeremy Graham and Sadiq Bey. I think both of those guys, in conjunction with Kate Cunningham, have been absolutely fantastic uh, since Jeremy Grant returned. And in fact, it's kind of funny because Jeremy Grant has been back for, what, 14 games now. 
but Cade Cunningham was out for five of them. He got hurt against New Orleans when the, the which was the game that Jeremy Grant came back for. So in the four in the eight games that Cade has been back for, the Pistons are four and four in that stretch, and a big part of it is because of Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, and Cade Cunningham. Those three guys together have a net rating of 5.4 in that stretch. Uh, They also are scoring 56 points per game. They have a true shooting percentage of 58% from the field. League average is 56 and a half. So they're above league average in terms of of shooting. Um, They have a positive net rating. And this is all coming in a time span where the Pistons themselves are only scoring 110 points per game. Uh, They are... They have a bottom seven true shooting percentage and they have a negative five net rating overall. So that three, that three headed monster of, of Cade Sadiq and Jeremy Grant has been hugely effective for them. And it's been a huge question for us in this season. It's like, can these guys play together? Does Jeremy Grant take away from Sadiq today's value? And I think the answer is being shown to us right now. The answer is no, Uh, these three guys can play together and they can play together quite successfully because the roster overall still is not good, but those three players have been very effective. So I found my, and I comment on that in just a second, but I found this tweet. This was, uh, this is from Tom Haverstro uh, of Meadowlark media and the basketball Illuminati podcast. He had uh, created a a metric to um, explain this phenomenon, which is the ref rating. Um, it was a thread. The NBA assigns its best, most experienced referees to the Lakers and Warriors. Uh, the worst caliber of referees goes to the Magic. So Golden State, LA, Atlanta, Philadelphia, and Brooklyn were top five in terms of receiving the best refs. The bottom five teams were Orlando, Washington, Houston, Cleveland, and Toronto. Detroit is sixth, sixth worst um, in terms of that best ref. Uh, metric total games with rookie refs Detroit had the fourth most games with rookie referees they had 17 Orlando had 20 Um, so kind of interesting Um, maybe has something to do with it Um, I'm not at all surprised that the Cavs I'm watching a lot of Cavs basketball I'm not at all surprised the Cavs are fourth worst in terms of receiving the best refs Um, they've had at least two games I think decided by that but uh well, Mike, yeah. you remember, I mean, I'm sure you and all Cavs fans remember that horrible four-point play that happened against the Cavaliers, yes? A few weeks back on the dead uh, Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Oh, horrible. Well, that's the same refing crew that threw out Hamadou Diallo a couple games back um, mm. for touching the ref. So, right. there's... And find him after that, yeah. And find him, too. Absolutely ridiculous. But when Marcus Smart pushes off a ref that's not an ejection for some reason i i don't know why yeah. i have no clue no, it doesn't make really, any sense i'm really not happy to have to watch the Cavs play philadelphia tonight because that's the that is the kingdom of free throws um i saw i believe it was john michael who's the announcer for the cavaliers uh said that i have to find this tweet too but essentially harden and Embiid were averaging almost as many free throws per game as the entire Cavaliers roster. It was actually like so comparable that it was laughable. 
They probably average not, not looking forward to watching the Sixers. They probably average more than the entire Pistons roster combined. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that. But I just, Mike, I, mean, I, I know that we sorry, we could ahead. we could complain about the the refs <laughs> all day long, yeah. right? It's easy, yeah. but we we should we should go back to talking about the positives about this team because there aren't very few there are there aren't very many positives throughout this entire season. It's kind of been a, a welcome thing and I don't think we should be all doom and gloom you know Kate Cunningham doesn't get any calls blah 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 let's talk about the positives here and I do think that this trio of Grant Bay and Cunningham is absolutely a positive for this team yeah you know this is um this is maybe one of the reasons why Troy Weaver was a little hesitant to move Grant before seeing the pieces all play together. I mean, obviously, Sadiq Bay and Kate Cunningham, part of the future. Jeremy Grant was, I think, nearly everybody was writing him off as gone initially until there was about a, there was like a period, maybe two and a half-ish weeks before the deadline where everyone thought, I don't really think this is going to happen. And Aaron Johnson, of course, ahead of the time on that said, yeah, I don't really think that's going to happen, nor should it happen. and. Aaron is making a lot of people eat crow um, because that combination is working. Um, they are, they actually fit really well. And Grant being able to play off the ball and handle some isolation work while Sadiq Bay is still pretty dependent on other people. And obviously Cade is getting a, you know, a really good feel for the game and you could just see it developing on the court. I think that this is now I'm going to, I'm just going to preface this. These three playing well together should not, um, should not sway the Pistons to not take best player available. Agreed. Oh, of course. I, that's, they're not, they're no, not going to go Jay Nivey instead of Paolo Banchero. No, for example. And Mike, you know what? I think that this actually proves that that is like the case because we've worried about the fit with Jeremy and Sadiq and Cade. And the fact of the matter is, even if those are not necessarily players that in your mind make the most sense next to each other, they are also probably the three most talented players on this roster. And just having all three of them out there at the same time has been such a boon for the Pistons in terms of not just how they look when they're on the floor, but the end result. They're 500 when the three of them play a full game together um, over the last eight. So it's it's been a big a big boon for, for the team overall, just to have players that are talented on the floor. Yeah. And the Pistons being largely devoid of talent need to have talented players. They need to accumulate all that talent. And the Cavs are a good example of, yeah, it really doesn't matter uh, the position, just get good players and it'll all work itself out. Like they got Evan Mobley. They just signed Jared Allen. Obviously that has worked out super well. Kevin Love has embraced his role off the bench, and it was all hunky dory. They're a, a little bit, a little bit uh, lackadaisical right now, and the team's not playing too well. But point being, they needed just talented guys that can do talented things, and the Pistons are in the same position. Chet, Paolo, Jaden Ivey, Jabari—it doesn't matter. Get talented players and work the rest out after that. Um, but I, I am encouraged by seeing this. Um, Sadiq Bey's shooting has come back around after a very extended cold streak. Kate has come into his own. Jeremy Grant was much more efficient yesterday after really looking like a chucker when 
he came back uh, from his injury. It's all sort of sort of leveled itself out um, in a way, which I think is a that's a huge positive. You know, we were talking a couple weeks ago uh, about what we wanted to see after the deadline. Now that the dust had settled and you know Marvin Bagley on the team, we talked about that and the things that we wanted to see moving forward. This is kind of exactly what we wanted to see. We wanted to see what these guys would look like together on the court. Um, and, you know, so far the results are, I mean, it's not earth shattering or anything, but it's very positive. Um, and if, if this play continues, to, would this impact your view on moving Jeremy at the draft, say? No, absolutely not, nor should it. it look, this is a team that, as we continue to say, just needs talent. And if there's a opportunity to acquire more talent for Jeremy Grant, fine, do it. Uh, that, that shouldn't deter them whatsoever. I don't think that it should compel them to move him any more than it would before, though. I, I have no issue with extending Jeremy Grant. I've seen that as being a very unpopular opinion. Um, I know Aaron Johnson, if he was here, he would be jumping for joy right now because he believes that the Pistons were right to hold on to, to Jeremy Grant and are right to continue investing in him. Look, as of right now, since he and Cade and Sadiq Bey have been able to be on the floor together, it's been paying off. Let me throw a couple numbers at you. In those three games together, here's Cade Cunningham is putting up 18 points, five assists, seven rebounds. In those eight games together, Sadiq Bey, 19 and a half points, three and a half assists, six rebounds. Jeremy Grant, 20 points, two assists, three rebounds. It's a total effort of those three guys coming together. Look, they're just scoring really, really well off of each other, and they're doing it in a way that's very efficient. Um, they're basically carrying this team right now. So if I'm Troy Weaver and I'm looking at that, yeah, of course, if the price is right, as always, I will move Jeremy Grant. But that's not going to... That's not going to sway me anything. You know, it's got to be the right package. It, it can't just be, we need to get rid of him because as they're showing right now, the three of them together can be very, very, very effective. Yeah. And I would not be opposed to extending him either. I'm not in the camp of throwing cap space for the sake of being able to throw cap space. We already talked about this with Jalen Brunson. And I saw, I saw, I think it was the New York post um, of, uh, Jalen Brunson being a prime target for the Knicks and how Spencer Dinwiddie playing well uh, could push Jalen Brunson to the New York Knicks. And in watching the Knicks play, Jalen Brunson would, would help them a lot. Them overpaying for Jalen Brunson is also a very Knicks thing to do. Um, so I'm, I'm not in favor of throwing cap space for the sake of throwing cap space. I think that extending Jeremy Grant would be fine. And if he continues to play well, then that contract remains a very tradable contract. I mean, the archetype of Jeremy Grant is going to be necessary for a lot of playoff teams. Um, I also think that if the, if the Pistons continue along this trajectory, he will be on the roster the next time this team is in the playoffs, not, not the play-in, the playoffs. The play-in still seems like the fake playoffs to me. I would not count the 9 and 10 seed as getting into the playoffs you're playing to get into the playoffs. But anyway, yeah, I, I would be fine with extending Jeremy Grant um, and utilizing that cap space for, you know, on somebody that knows the team, has a familiarity, wants to be here. Um, 
So yeah, I don't, I don't think it changes my view either. I mean, obviously, obviously if you get overwhelmed with some outrageous offer of draft picks and or young talent, yeah, then you have to reevaluate things. I don't know if that's going to come in because the free agency class is pretty shallow. A team might feel compelled to overpay for a guy like Jeremy Grant and they have the cap space to sign him. I I think that could happen. Um, But yeah, I am, pretty much all in favor of re-signing him. Um, the whole trade thing maybe seemed like a little, like a pie in the sky type type deal. Um, and it made sense at the time. It, it might not make as much sense now though. Well, you know what, Mike, I, I have to say, now that he's come back and it seems that he's accepting more of that, mm, maybe not third scorer, maybe still a, the second scorer on this team, but more of an off-ball, less ball-dominant role, you know what he really provides you with? He, he provides you with peace of mind. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. He provides the Pistons, and he provides Dwayne Casey with peace of mind. And what's more important than peace of mind? The answer is nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. With all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to make sure that you have the best VPN that you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN surface, offering the fastest connectivity, the most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4.00. Per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus an additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So get your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe, or use the code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your Nord VPN plan plus one additional month for free. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what Nord VPN is here for. Jasper, I really admire the uh, softball-sized uh, uh, offering that you the just lob? made. You're, you're welcome. You're <laughs> yes. welcome, man. I, I threw it up there. I threw it up there like, Cade, you threw it down like Marvin Bagley. That's all I asked for. <laughs> I was gonna, I don't want to be Marvin Bagley, but um, how about somebody <laughs> Photoshop uh, our faces onto Dwayne Wade and LeBron in the Miami Heat, uh, infamous Miami Heat. There we go. That, okay, that, fine. That, how about two Hall of Famers? <laughs> how about Killian Hayes to Hamadou Diallo? I think that that's, might be a little more accurate. Fine. I will take that. All right. Um, I will take that. Yeah, so, um, you know, in talking about Jeremy Grant, and I like to give Aaron his praise because that that article about keeping him actually changed my mind on trading him. Is there anybody else on the roster that uh, has sort of, you know, improved their play of late that you want to talk about? Oh, man, for me, I I really think it's those three guys right there that have been the, the biggest boon to this team. Uh, I mean, I know Killian Hayes has had a few good games here or there, but this is still the problem with Killian is that there's no consistency. He has an amazing game uh, where he goes out and even though he doesn't score, he's absolutely fantastic. 
And then he'll go out there, you know, like last night, and he puts up a total goose egg. He doesn't really impact the game at either end of the floor. And that's really the problem with him. And, and that has been the problem with him his entire career. Look, I'm not giving up on Killian Hayes yet. I still see where he can be an impactful player in this league. But the fact of the matter is, if he can't be super disruptive on both ends and distribute the ball super effectively, and he's also not going to score, there's no way for him to really stay on the floor on a consistent basis. Um, I, I don't know what else really to say. Like, he goes out and he has an amazing game against Washington, and then he follows it up with last night's game. And that's not somebody that you can depend on. It's the reason why he's on the bench. And it's the reason why Corey Joseph is in the starting lineup right now. It's been nice when it's good, but it's still not enough. Um, I would like to see Marvin Bagley come back as well. I'm, I'm really hopeful that is going to happen soon because they really miss his, his springiness in the lineup. But other than that, honestly, I'm just impressed with how Kate Cunningham is starting to settle into his role. And you're starting to see those turnovers come down a little bit. You're starting to see him gel a little bit with everybody in the lineup. Um, It seems like there's some real continuity on a game to game basis, especially between him, Sadiq Bay and Jeremy Grant. And I'm going to be honest, man, it's having me get to the point where I feel as though I think the, the fire is, you know, kind of starting to heat up uh, Troy Weaver's feet because this is a team with a player in Cade Cunningham that is obviously, obviously special. And they have a lot of money coming off of the books this this coming off season. And not only that, they also have a high draft pick coming to them as well. So there are going to be a lot of incoming pieces into this team to go along with the young, improving players and the veterans that are pretty solidified in their roles. Um, Troy Weaver has to hit on these decisions. He can't afford to start blowing any moves. He needs to make some big free agent signings and have those signings pay off because Kate Cunningham's not going to accept playing for a loser. And to be honest, I don't think Pistons fans are going to accept watching a loser for much longer. Do you? Um, no, well, definitely not with Cade there. Um, you know, the pressure is on, and that's the byproduct of a special player. Um, you know, it, it turns things on quickly. The Cavs had that happen with LeBron. It took them two years before they went back to the playoffs uh, with him, and then it was immediately time to start building. And that's sort of where Troy Weaver's at. Um, yeah, I don't think fans are going to accept um, – I mean, I think that this is the last time that they should be picking top seven, would you say? I mean, this is it. Like, you've got – you may have blown the Killian Hayes pick. You may have blown the Sekou pick, even though he wasn't, like, dramatically high. Well, he wasn't Troy Weaver. Oh, that's that's true. He wasn't. That's Stefanski. That's a Stefanski. Yeah. That's the dad of the Browns coach there when, like, half the fan base hates. Um, that's correct. So um, – yeah, I, I think this is the last time that they should be picking in the top, we'll say, seven. Does that seem Man, fair? That's, that's hard to say because the East is so good. It is. And it's young, too. Like, yeah. I, I can't necessarily see them making the playoffs next year. Still. I don't either. I don't either. But, yeah, but, you're, you're probably right. I think they, they need to be outside of that, that bottom seven after next season. There's too much cap space. 
there, you're going to have another player. You have another year of Cade Cunningham development. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There is no, there's no excuse. They can't be picking in the top seven. I think that they can miss the playoffs again. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 And they yeah. probably will. I think we need to be pretty realistic about that. We need to be realistic with the expectations. I know that I fell into the trap of t- saying, Hey, take that, that Pistons over in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Still not looking so hot. Um, no. Kind of running out of time to hit, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but I think next year, yes, they should be winning 30 plus games. There's no excuse for them not to be right. No, uh, there really isn't. And, you know, if, if they do make, you know, like a dramatic move and get a restricted free agent, like, uh, like let's say that they get DeAndre Ayton, that sort of move kind of, you know, pushes them forward to, okay, now it's time to, you know, win more than 25 games. I mean, you get um, DeAndre Ayton, I'm a, then I am expecting you are making a push for the playoffs. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that you're, you're looking for eight seeding up. I mean, yeah. nine or 10 will accept because there's a gel period, but, or a guy like Colin Sexton, um, you're, you're probably angling for more than, you know, Sexton plus uh, Chet Holmgren, we'll just say. You're, you're probably angling for something higher than, um, you know, 12th. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think the pressure is on a little, a little bit. Um, and no, it's not, like he's, it's not like he's going to lose his job after next year. But right. I do yeah, think, yeah. I think it's, we're getting to the point where it's, you have next year, and then the year after that, it's put up our shut-up time. Like there needs to be significant expectations going into 2024. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I think after next year, he's like a, he's a candidate for fired in mid season. Uh, You know, if, if things aren't moving the way that they're going um, or rather the way that they should be going. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you lock down Cade, that's the building block. He's worked well with a lot of the different players, a lot of the vets. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that this is the offseason where some of the groundwork needs to be laid to get the Pistons up from um, the, the very bottom of the NBA and starting to move them up the Eastern Conference standings. They have the talent to do that. But, you know, we've been critical of Troy Weaver, too, Um you know, when we talked a little bit about cap space and not wanting to just throw it around like it's candy, even though they, they will have a lot of it with a lot of money coming off the books. Um, is there any other restricted free agent that you were kind of thinking of? I, I threw out Aiton and Sexton and Brunson technically earlier. Well, you know, Mike, you, you, you said, you know, throwing around cap space like it's candy, but I don't think they should be throwing it around like candy. I think they should be you know, throwing around like something that's a little more nutritious, something more, more quality. Don't you? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, I think so. Um, probably should be looking for something green, maybe leafy and green. That's what I'm saying. We can't have a team of fatsos. You need somebody, you know, you need a lean roster, one that's going to have a streamlined fit. Exactly. And you can start that yourself by reclaiming your health, and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup every day. Why, of course, it's Athletic Greens. With Athletic Greens, you're absor- you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and 
wow, adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. It's also a lifestyle friendly and uh, it's a very good fit for a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. Um, honestly, of I mean, I take vitamin D every day to get a free one-year supply of vitamin D is awesome. (laughs) I was going to say, Mike, I've been watching the Detroit Pistons pretty much every game since 2008. Um, I I could use some vitamin D. I need more than a year (laughs) supply. I need a lifetime supply of vitamin D. Uh, Well, you can get one year of free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase at athleticgreens.com slash believe. So reclaim your health arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. All right, build the Hall of Fame for the Segway um, King. I like to think I've helped uh, the Segways for this podcast because Normally about like the two to three minute mark before I'm supposed to say the ad, my brain starts to like kick into high gear. Like, okay, how can I make, how can I make a, a you know, a crappy pun or a, or a, or a great pun um, and try to like wedge this in um, a couple of the, a couple of the ads that I used to do uh, when it was just Aaron and I on the pod, I knew that it was a good segue because I would hear Aaron go on the other end. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know you've got something quality when Aaron's mortified. <laughs> or or he'd go, wow. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, you've got you've got him down pat right there. That's how you know. You see, but that's what great teammates do, Mike. That's what great teammates do. They know each other's tendencies. They know the right thing to do. And that's what, you know, years of growing together as a team can get you. Uh, that's what that's what these pistons need. They need a little continuity. It's crazy to think that, you know, there is not a single player on this roster that was here before last season. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's pretty crazy, but that's a, that's just a byproduct of, you know, constant change um, within a front office and within a league that is, you know, constantly moving and player empowerment and the draft. I mean, that's, it's just a byproduct a lot. Um, of, of that, you know, with Blake Griffin kind of forcing his way out of here and the Pistons being happy to do that and Seku getting shipped off. I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, out with the old and in with the new that happens with the GM, but yeah, I mean, they are, they, they, they do need time. They definitely do need time. Um, we're happy to give them time. We're not on any uh, schedule. Maybe like, like we said, Troy's, um, you know, seat maybe getting, just warm to the touch, but in a comfortable way. Um, but he does need to do something this off season that, you know, demonstrates to the fan base and really to the team itself that, you know, Hey, here is our core. We, we had our high draft pick here. Here is our, you know, top three pick. Um, here is our restricted free agent that, you know, brings a little bit of juice and let's get ready to rock and let's start to grow. Um, you know, and 
honestly, I, I think that there are some, some, you know, some quality candidates out there. And the Sexton one is a little bit interesting. And I don't mean to, you know, push everything back towards the Cavs, but with the Cavs getting Karis LeVert, and it seems like he's going to get a contract extension from them. Um, I, it's, the Cavs are about to be very expensive. And I don't necessarily know if Colin Sexton is in the plans for the future of this team. And, you know, that's a candidate, you know, the Pistons need, need some scoring punch. They, they are looking for somebody that they could steal. Um, I think that Sexton does make some sense. You can hide him defensively, uh, you know, with Cade um, and, and that kind of works its way out. But, um, you know, same thing with Aiton. We've talked about them needing a center. He will be supposedly available because the Suns, for some reason, don't want to pay him. Um, and we are, we've already talked about Brunson, but, you know. Well, there, I think the last guy there has got to be Miles Bridges. That's that's another oh, player yeah, who's, absolutely. who fits your timeline. Um, I, I For me, I think those are the three that I'm most interested in when I look at the Pistons roster. And when I look at, you know, age, fit, all that stuff, I think for me it's, yeah, I think Sexton definitely has to be a possibility. It is weird that everybody seems to continue to write him off when all he's done every year in the league is get better and more efficient. Um, I also think like Aiton is another one where it's like, I don't understand why the Suns don't want to pay him. I'm sorry. I, I, I understand that he is not a perfect player, but he has a skill set that you absolutely need in this league, especially in the playoffs. And for me, I think that the Suns are really being quite foolish, uh, especially if they don't win a title this year. You know, if you win a title and then oh, you yeah. don't bring it back and then you don't bring it back, I don't know. That would be weird. The Mavs did it, but yeah. gosh, you really feel like that. Those are the three for me. I'm kind of interested for you, Mike. Who do you think would be the best fit for the Pistons? Uh, you know, it's going to depend on the draft a little bit too. Uh, and, and does where, it? Where, I don't think it me, does. To me, to me, I, I think it does. Um, okay. To me, it does a, a little bit. And I'll be honest, I'm a little hesitant on Sexton, um, even though he has gotten more efficient um, and, you know, better. But, you know, the Cavs are playing exceedingly well without him. Um, the offense is their weak point. The defense is their strong point. And I think some of that is attributed to him not being on the floor because he is a poor defender. He does have a lot of energy and that does translate a significant portion to defense overall. It's really hard to gauge defense and it's really hard to be a good defender. We're having this current problem within Caps Twitter because everyone seems to have given up on Isaac Okoro because he's not a good offensive player, but he's a very good defender. But it's just, you know, it's very hard because his defensive numbers aren't good, but that's because he's guarding the best offensive player on the opposing team. So it's really hard to gauge defense, but Colin Sexton's defensive metrics are really poor, um, like exceedingly poor. Um, okay. But, 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 you know. It, okay. But does that necessarily like, I guess, but that's not necessarily the question, like which, which of those guys. Okay. So if you're picking top three, you're getting a big man, right? So does that mean yeah. that you'd, that you're staying away from Aiton and you'd rather mm -hmm. go after somebody like Sexton or Bridges or does it not, you know, if you're picking top five, does that mean, oh, okay, now we really want to go after Aiton because we're probably going to have to pick a guard if we're, if we're picking, you know, fifth. You know, I will go ahead and retract my statement because I would probably still take DeAndre Aiton. Um, I would take Miles Bridges because wings are very valuable, especially athletic 
wings like him, and and he has played quite well. So you think and something? And Sexton's by third. So you're not worried about a, a lineup of Grant Bay and Miles Bridges. Um, that doesn't concern you. I mean, sure it does, but I was also concerned by Markin and Mobley and Jared Allen. Yeah, fair. Okay, that's fair. So, you know, I, I think we it, all were. I think we all were like, uh, oh, "How's that going to work?" Yeah, I, uh, I, I was definitely skeptical, and I still am a little bit, and I still think that Laurie's kind of a, you know, a, a guy that could be shopped around a little bit this off season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, no, it, it doesn't, it doesn't worry me because you know, with the skills that we had talked about earlier with Jeremy Grant, he can play off ball. He's a bit more accepting of that. I like Miles Bridges. He's got a good role in Charlotte. I don't know how much that would change with Detroit. He's got good point guards in both of those situations, good playmaking point guards. And I feel like um, he would fit pretty nicely on this team. Sadiq Bay, as we already know, uh, has his shooting chops. So no, I, I don't, I don't think it worries me that much. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It I, seems I, to worry I, you. <laughs> no, I think for me, I, I'm not sure. I, it, look, we've been talking about this. They need another guy who can jump out of the gym. We, I said it last week. They need another guy who can do what Marlon Bagley does, but better. For me, he's a very, very different player than Marvin Bagley, but they are both hyper, hyper athletes. I, I suppose I look at him and I say, he could do what Hamadou Diallo does, but on steroids. Because Hamadou can't make a three. And Miles Bridges is actually quite a good spot-up three-point shooter. So a lot of the issues that Hamadou Diallo uh, brings to your lineup whenever he's out there, I think could be solved by bringing in a player like Miles Bridges. But on the downside there, then you have essentially three guys in Sadiq Bey, Jeremy Grant, and Miles Bridges, who are all threes, basically, defensively. Um, yeah. And you've got to somehow pigeonhole them into, you know, the two, three, four. Can it work? Probably. This is a very positionless league and having length and athleticism and switchability is never a bad thing, but I would definitely worry about their ability to defend the rim. Um, maybe less so though, if they draft somebody like Chet Holmgren and if they're throwing him out yeah. there along with Isaiah Stewart, staggering those minutes, who knows, maybe you have something, you know, really special there like the Cavs do with Jared Allen or Evan Mobley. I don't know. You know, you could have your own Tyson Chandler and that makes everything else work. So, yeah. 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 So, you know, if you were to rank those same restricted free agents, would you have Bridges first? No, I'd I'd have eight. Okay. So we, we both have eight and first. Yeah. I I'm fine with taking a big man and then also having eight because I think that all three of the big men in this draft Maybe not Chet, but I think all three of them could or should be playing the four instead. Um, And I have no issue with moving Isaiah Stewart to the bench as well and trying to make it work. I think Chet and Aiton would be a weird fit, but I could see something like Jabari and and Aiton like that. To me, that makes a whole lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a whole lot of sense to me. And then you, you know, figure out what to do with Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bay. Maybe you just move him down. Jeremy plays the three. Sadiq is an oversized two, whatever. I'll make it work. Just give me the talent. You know what I mean? Yep, exactly. You get the talent, you figure out the rest, you know. And, you know, worst case, then that 
and, and if those guys are showing out, then you're in a situation where you could once again, go back to shopping grant um, or, you know, at least having those exploratory talks. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they have, and they have options. Out. They have options moving forward, but it's really now on Troy Weaver to make the right ones. And I don't think that we can stress this enough going into next season, especially like there are certain moves he has to swing for the fences on and he has to connect because if he doesn't, yeah. it's, we have seen it too many times, starting with Ben Gordon and Charlie Villanueva all the oh. way up through Blake Griffin. There's just been too many times where this franchise has made the wrong decision on free agents that they've overpaid for. Um, for Weaver has to hit. He has to. He has to bring in a young, high upside, impactful guy that works with this roster. Because if he doesn't, I've seen this dance too many times before, man. Way too many times before. And, you know, he's going to have the opportunity to swing for the fences. He'll have a couple of hacks. Yep. Um, Because they'll have cap space going into – they'll have more cap space going into the season after that as well, most likely. So um, we will see. Uh, It's going to be very, very interesting. I don't know how long we have recording, but I feel like it's been longer than I think. It almost always is, Mike. (laughs) Yes, it is. This is the uh, old man pod of the Palace of Pistons writers and Mm -hmm. contributors since we're undoubtedly the two oldest people in our uh, very juvenile chat. Um, Jasper, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast? No, man. Fascinated to see how these these next few games go. Uh, Tonight will be another tough one. Like I said earlier, this is their fifth game in seven days. That is just a a brutal stretch of... uh, of games <laughs> so much for the all-star break. Right. Uh, yeah. But if they can, if they can pull this one off, they are only plus three against the the Pacers. I know the Pacers are a bad team, but, and the Pistons also have youth on their side, but this does seem like a schedule loss. We will see. They've played with a lot of energy as of late. Um, if they could pull this one out, man, it'd be hard not to feel really, really good. Well, all of you listening will already know the outcome. So please go on to Twitter and uh, let Jasper know, uh, even though he will already also know, but, you know, just flood that uh, Twitter account up (laughs) uh, with the final of tonight's Pistons game. Jasper, thank you as always for joining me. Um, Next time we'll hope to have Aaron Johnson back, Uh, but I feel like we held down the fort pretty well, touched on a lot of good topics and we were talking about this pre-pod, but eventually we will get into some, into some draft talk uh, maybe after uh, March madness wraps up and we can mm-hmm. actually dive in to these players a little bit closer and hopefully bring on an expert to maybe uh, walk us through some of these guys. Um, and especially if it's worst case and the Pistons aren't picking top three, which we won't even put into the atmosphere uh, any, any longer. Um, Jasper, thank you so much for joining me and thank you all of our lovely listeners, please head on over to our website uh, as well. We have a lot of written content. We have a couple of round tables up there. Um, a lot of good written content as well and trying to continue to build it. So please head on over uh, to com. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, um, Athletic Greens, NordVPN, and BetOnline. This podcast is part of the Believe Network and is brought to you by BetOnline. For my co-host, Jasper Apollonia, and my sick co-host, Aaron Johnson, My name is Mike Angolano. Thank you very much for joining us in the latest edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, and we will see you later.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.